guys, you know, something really exciting is going to happen next week. It's going to be life changing. It's very important. Okay, yeah? next oh, week is okay. very important for the future of our nation. Oh, okay, okay. 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 Uh, we're getting bus plus, baby. Blue line going through Troy. It's going to happen yes! next week. We're getting buses. Wow, change we need. This bus going to go from wa- all the way fuck up from Waterford to Pearl Street, South Troy, in like an hour and a half or something. Like super. That's incredible. Yeah, actually. It, oh yeah, it's great. It's going to be great, and it's going to start running. It, are these the electric week. buses? Uh, no, I don't think they're electric, but they're the you know, like the uh, um they're it, it's bus rapid transit, so it uh has fewer stops. Uh, and, and it and it will go faster in between those stops. I and hate it, stops. I'm always I, saying, yeah. get rid of all these stops. Stop, Why are we stopping? Stop, I'm, stop I'm stopping. not on this bus to stop. I'm on this bus to go. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, Jeez. they would call it a stop instead of a bus. No, uh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> a bus, a bus. Yeah, rocking to the beat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have a uh, 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 two wonderful guests with us today. We have a uh, Brett and Rob from uh, from Dumb and Awful. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. You guys, you guys brought on the only leftist podcast without an encyclopedic knowledge of infrastructure. So this is going to be a rough one. <laughs> no, that's the only bus talk. Uh, we, I, I warned David ahead of time, like, David, not every episode of Iron Weeds can be only about buses. I and he was like, bus. fine, I get to say one bus thing in the beginning, and then yeah. that's it. And then it's over. And it's over. Don't let anyone ever tell you what is possible and impossible. <laughs> <laughs> But we can still talk about busting as much as we want, right? Yeah, oh yeah, sure. Yes, sure, always, yeah. always you're allowed to talk about busting. Speaking yeah. of, I saw this. Do you know what uh, Michaela, um, what Michaela Peterson went for as, <laughs> for Halloween as? <laughs> no, what? <laughs> she, she's a sexy lobster. <laughs> and nice. it is fucking doing it for me. Yeah. Uh... And she's got the claws and like, it's, yeah. That that all red meat diet, you know, is working for. I mean, Jesus. Impact that colon for health. <laughs> <laughs> How many laxatives do you think cool. she takes? Yeah. I mean, she does seem cool. She tried to kill Jordan Peterson. That's pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. Is is he still, like, kidnapped uh, under her house arrest? I think so. Prayers up. No, he's back. Oh, he's is back it? because the daily the daily caller did some like you know return of the king like <laughs> oh shit one week before the election y'all knew it was about to happen. <laughs> Jay Pete's is back like the the conservative version of the libs putting Joe Biden's face on the Avengers. Uh-huh. Nice for Jordan Peterson returning to be like. I just think we need to take responsibility as a country. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see that that Outcast uh, like record uh, cover with Joe Biden and Kam- oh, Kamala Harris? It's so uh, gross. Put on it? It's so gross. Yes, I have seen that. Yeah, I hate this dumb world. This, <laughs> this country sucks. I'm so just bad. glad people are having fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, we should probably say uh, the whole point of an introduction normally is to identify the voice. So uh, I'm Rob at Dumb and Awful, and the the Brett. This is Brett. Everyone loves board. Now you know. Sorry. There we go. Very nice. And I'm uh, I'm Melania Trump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the best theory I heard about Melania is it's just fillers. That's it. She goes in for Botox and lip fillers like a normal person and then looks a little weird for a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> so she just like wears a big jacket and puts her glasses on. Like that's that's relatable. That makes total sense to me. I think yeah. it's pretty obvious that yeah, she just gets a lot of work done on the regular. And so, you know, she's a she's a chameleon. Which like yeah, fine, by the way. Care of yourself. Fine. Yeah, ladies, if you're not changing your face every third day, 
What are you even doing? What are you living for? I mean, like, in, well, genuinely, if you are the first lady, you are probably one of the more consumed uh, female bodies in the world, and especially in a media environment where uh, liberals act like she's the literal devil when all she's trying to do is just yeah. not be perceived. <laughs> uh, I imagine I would probably do whatever I could to smooth out my lived experience of uh, being consumed. And if that means, you know, lip fillers and some Botox, that's, yeah. That, that, I see absolutely nothing wrong with that. That said, it is that's very funny to think. not the worst thing she's ever done. Yeah. 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 No, she's always being best. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm full on truther. She, she's got body doubles. They rotate them in and out. I mean, out. some of those pictures, the one, the only compelling photographic evidence I've seen that it is definitely not the same person is the teeth. There was one uh, comparison of teeth in photos. And I mean, lip fillers don't change your teeth. So, <laughs> Brittany does this weird thing where she likes to look at celebrities' teeth. Oh, she's not wrong. Wow, they don't... do dental records for yeah. a reason. Is, is yeah. there is there a w- wiki teeth? <laughs> is, 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 is that something we could maybe get going? I just I, I just can't believe my husband just called me out on my own podcast <laughs> in front of in front of me and our guests. Wow, wow. We, we see who runs We're the podcast in this relationship, this. huh? My <laughs> I wear the podcast pants. Damn straight. I wear the podcast pants. I, I, or I do wish I want to, you know, it's, it's like the tooth fairy or I like how that's, see how you, you subliminally implanted. I was going to go Santa Claus, but now you're talking about teeth. Uh, I want to believe in the more magical world in which there's a bunch of Melania body doubles. Because like, why not? Fuck it. She'd be down too. Yeah. Like what? I have to go out to these places. And from Trump's perspective, like that's why you date a Slavic woman because they all look the same. You can just replace them at any moment. That's the use case. <laughs> And that's not misogynist because, guys, obvious. Every Polish person is one of three. Every Polish person is designed in the lady in the laziest Bethesda character creator. <laughs> Everyone is basically an Argonian, where it's like, I don't know, this person has more scales than the last one. Whatever. Bless, bless up that entire region, that yeah. entire place of human civilization. <laughs> yeah, they fucking need it now. <laughs> Yeah, do uh, do we want to uh let's go over what we're going to talk about? Uh I I would like to hear something about a different election or uh, you know, a different set of politics, Polish politics sounds. I want to know more about that. Uh yeah, well, I mean, we can get into it now. It, it is I mean, I'm not going to present myself as uh an expert, but I I can tell you the broad strokes are simply that it, it's like a, a somehow Poland is more advanced than America on this shit. They had oh boy yeah they they had a a I guess you would call it a, it's like a a nationalist right wing populist party take power sort of like your your Polish chuds if you can imagine such a thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they took power a few years back President Duda uh, is one of Trump's big friends like he 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 can't get enough of those F sixteens he'll buy any piece of schlock that NATO and the U S will sell to him big time ally and since. His uh, Law and Justice Party, which is PIS, if you see that acronym online, because <laughs> it's, it's Polish. Um, but Piss. the Law and Justice Party a couple of years ago got in. And they did what American conservatives do. They just started packing all the courts uh, with, like again, these like, we are the church. Uh, we need family values. Gay people don't exist. Uh, that sort of stuff. And... As they packed the courts, they also started targeting what little sliver of abortion rights and bodily autonomy existed in Poland. Now, Poland is very 
very religious. So it was already the the only abortions they allowed in Poland previously were were abortions in the case where there was a fetal abnormality, uh, and and the rape and incest thing. Right? Those are those are the big two. And about a thousand women a year got abortions on the record in Poland through the the fetal abnormality exception. Of course, over 90,000 Polish women got abortions in all of the neighboring countries because that's the same with the states here. Like people are mm-hmm. going to uh, insist on sovereignty over their own body and it, it doesn't do anything. It just makes, it makes the country a more prohibitive place to try to exist. And so with yeah. you know, 90K going out of the country and 1K staying in, you would think that that would be, you'd think that'd be prohibitive enough, but court cases that have been working through the system for a while post conservative judicial packing uh, started taking up cases that targeted even the, the fetal abnormality thing on the argument that this is eugenics essentially, and Poland isn't going to do eugenics. And so recently uh, we'll do all the other Nazi stuff. Yeah. They fucking love Nazis, but that bit, (laughs) (laughs) but not that part, not that That part. No good. Um, And so just recently, uh, the, the courts came out and banned even that. So now in Poland, you only have abortion in the case of, uh, you know, the, the, the scary stuff, the rape and incest, death of the mother type stuff. Um, there's already, it, it's not a great time to be a, a woman in Poland, which is an evergreen uh, phrase for Polish history. <laughs> like <laughs> you already get basically no like prenatal care unless you have expensive private insurance um, there's only two types of birth control, uh, provided by the public health system. That's right. Poland has better healthcare than America. Fucking bleak. Uh, and, and even that can be refused to women if the doctor has like a moral problem with it. They're just a little bit further in terms of reactionary legislation and judicial rulings than America is because they got started a little bit earlier. The upside though, is they're also more radical uh, what, what we saw over the last uh, week or so is mass strikes in every major city. We had a general strike uh, last Wednesday. There's an immense amount of allyship. You know those like tank top wearing, mostly forehead, no hairline ass looking slavs that like sit there in the track pants and and uh, yes. bum cigarettes. Hi, I'm fam- Turns out those I'm familiar with this character. Those guys will ride or die for bodily autonomy. Uh, <laughs> the foot. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. Yeah, the, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. The coal miners came out. The the truckers unions came out. Uh, the football hooligans came out, which sounds wow, sounds pretty cool. Uh, except like they'll base if there's a fight, they'll definitely come out. Um, yeah. So they played a weird role where uh, right now the the movement is sort of at war with the church because activist bishops in uh, Warsaw, for example have sided explicitly with the law and justice party. And they're saying, you know, we need to work with the government. We were very happy that this, you know, MAGA Chud style government has incorporated more of the Catholic church uh, into its legislation and has used us to advise alongside. And, and so there was this, this sort of backlash that the church didn't expect, which is when all these mass actions started, uh, women were just, and their allies were just like, well, wait a second. If the church is going to get involved uh, with my body and in my politics, if they're going to come and tell me what to do, then maybe I can go and tell the church what to do. You want to you come over here 
and meddle with me, I'll meddle with you. And so a lot of the actions actually uh, went into, this is, you do not do this in Poland. They went into uh, cathedrals, they went into churches, they shut down mass as it was being run, saying, hey, you, awesome. want, you want to come into politics? All right, this is what politics looks like. You want to fight me? I'm going to fight back. I don't care who you are or what sort of vestments you wear. Pretty amazing. It's been wow. the, the hooligans yeah. have sort of had to play both sides because on the one hand, they like punching anyone and Nazis. I'm sure you've seen Nazis. Very alluring target. So you do, you do have hooligans in the street just <laughs> running around punching Nazis, but they sort of split the difference because they also will form lines around the churches because they're like, come on, violence against, you know, it, we're all we're all here for throwing some punches, but can we please just like take a break during Eucharist? But altogether... It is what I imagine we'll see in the future here in America, a very depressing slide into uh, just a a soul-crushing oppressive fascism. But in that darkness, these these individual little beams of light of solidarity, people coming together and realizing that, you know what, there actually is a line somewhere. Or Or we'll all just get back to brunch, you know? Yeah. Yeah, as long as, long, as, long as that mm, rat bastard John Mulaney shuts the fuck up, we'll <laughs> be fine, right? <laughs> also, pierogi is going to become very popular in the United States. I love a good pierogi. Yeah. Well, let's start with this uh, this Uber thing because this has really been in Chris's uh, in Chris's craw for a while now, and he's been wanting to talk about it. Yeah, it's just like Black Mirror is reality. It's fucking wild. And yeah. So, Chris, so Chris, tell us about this. Uh, nifty new piece of software um so this is an article that was published in vice uh it's called gig economy company launches uber but for evicting people a company called civil uh says evicting people is the fastest growing money making gig due to covid19 Ah, oh, just the best echo so much innovation don't you love the innovation fellas yeah just already right here the name civil spelled wrong yeah, it's is uh Check. like yeah, just like thumb <laughs> right in the eye already. It's like let's all be civil here, guys. Like while I while you get kicked out of your mother's home, and then it's unreasonable uh, to be upset when you get evicted. That, that's a sign yeah. of emotional yeah. instability, and that's why you need some civil uh, Pinkertons to come in and, and dump your shit on the curb. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and then on top of that. It is, uh, yeah, the fastest growing gig job because of a pandemic. Like, that's, uh, I, right? That's, that's not disrupting anything. Like, there was no problem that needed solving here, right? The, that, or at least, like, this isn't the shape of the problem that, as we see it, right? It's that people are being evicted in the first place. And yet there's this, like, whole shot. I feel like it's like a shadow government or, or like, some, like, parallel institution that's just like these none of these things fucking run on a profit absolutely none of them do right so this is this is definitely like the the you know like sorry capitalist communism for each other oh they, that's why just I, like that's why i love the idea of uber for because like that's how you do bc pitches because <laughs> uber burns a billion plus dollars a year so it's like where are the new yeah. way you can burn your cash and never see a profit invest in us well we we had the uber for netflix which was quibi yeah. So they burned through like $1.74 billion uh, and failed, I think, within like, what, three months, two months? Yep. Um, Fast enough that the CEO is going to probably be on Biden's administration. <laughs> Winners. Yeah, yeah. After after oh, fucking wait. up HP and Quibi, uh, a longtime Republican donor is going to get rewarded by Biden. 
Here's the thing. I don't know enough about her, but if I look at her resume and the first two bullets are fucked up HP, fucked up Quibi, I'm going to be like, all right, that's two for two as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Good work. It was part of a package deal with John Kasich. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) What what, what is Quibi? What the fuck was that? Quick Bites. It It was a... don't say that to me <laughs> don't you dare fucking say that to me <laughs> it was like short short videos their yeah. idea was that but, they were going to be um a like a blend of youtube and netflix specifically for mobile and the pitch was like aren't you tired of having three minutes while you're waiting in line that you're not consuming content well what if <laughs> would you like to pay for a youtube style thing uh except like with some production quality and the answer is like not really but especially not when you're at home i was going to check it out purely based off of like i just like seeing what's out there right uh they didn't even have anything other than mobile because I was like, oh, I'm trapped at home. Like, I fuck, who the fuck cares? I'll watch one of your dumbass shows. Literally can't get it on the TV or computer. It has to be on mobile only. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're totally doomed. <laughs> <laughs> it should just, like, I, I it enjoyed con- content feedback. I enjoyed uh, Quibi just because I don't know if you guys follow David Lynch, um, but he, he doesn't. As a creative, his output is not like constant. Like, it's very rare. You can get like the real Lynchian vibes. Uh, but then Quibi had a show that was something like Queens of the Animal Kingdom, hosted by Reese Witherspoon. And there was an episode, a little quick bite episode, about Re- where Reese Witherspoon explained that uh, female hyenas actually have a vagina that turns into an external elongated penis. And she narrated, David Attenborough style, videos of female hyenas just hanging dong walking around while she spoke about them as if they were ruth bader ginsburg (laughs) that to me is right up there with twin peaks oh it's amazing yeah she she's like i love that uh they in many cases have larger penises than the men goes to show uh lads uh we don't need you it was all empowering like brunch speak (laughs) with close-ups of just lady knobs on hyenas <laughs> wow yeah if they just had more of that yeah girl boss in the natural me. world a lot of people yeah. wish you know they go like oh i wish anime was real life if it was that's what it would be like and it was an amazing piece of art girl girl boss <laughs> and union busting all rolled into one because that was the other big pitch of quibi right is that uh because they're recording it in such short segments that that counted under uh sag as being like a full production but since it was so short you didn't have to pay union rates so it was a really ah, brilliant workaround ah, where you didn't have to pay union rates so ah, nice this already feels under. like something this already feels like something that was like oh it failed the first time and they were just ahead of their time and then in five years the world is shitty enough that everyone's like yes please give me the five minute yeah give us video quibi. that i can only watch on my well, phone <laughs> yeah hopefully world will get shitty enough that we finally get dipping dots you know like yeah ice cream of the future yeah the future is now the problem was that they came out with it in the past right and they should have did it in the future when shelved it yeah yeah. you could have had access to dip and dots at any point the fact that you you talk about wanting it but then if you actually wanted them you could go get them today i mean that's what elon musk did and that's how he became the man he was now (laughs) elon musk (laughs) is what too many dip and dots does to a motherfucker (laughs) 
<laughs> Man, the only time we could get Dippin' Dots was at the fucking minor league baseball games, and COVID stole that from us this year. One of the many, many things. When am I going to see another Dippin' Dots? Dippin' Dots COVID came to my high school with a truck, and we all got a period off to go to the Dippin' Dots truck. It, this was in South Florida, and people were going. You would have thought Leonard Skinner was performing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understood the 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 book of revelations more because people were fucking rending their garments to buy as many dip and dots as possible. <laughs> uh, this, re- this reminds me, Chris is the odd man out here is the only person not who has not grown up in Florida. Yeah. Uh, on, on this show right Yankee, Good for you, Yankee buddy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yankee ass moon dog over here. No reason to, <laughs> but uh, going back to the, the civil article, apparently they're using like the gig economy in like a totally circular way for promotion as well. So they reached out to ice T over cameo to get like a, an endorsement for the company. Oh and ice T said, it's basically Uber, but for side hustle jobs, you dig it. <laughs> wow. A ringing endorsement. Also ice T, uh, they basically just massively undercut your normal brand endorsement deal. And you went with it. You fucking idiot. Cause that's, that's yeah. going through cameo. It's like, we paid you nothing for marketing, which you normally would probably get a pretty big check for. Like, why would you go along with that? Yeah. And also cameo is like in, in many ways, the, uh, Uber for, uh, you know, endorsements because you have this sort of, uh, atomization and gig economy of all these people with like clout because in, in just like Uber, they're looking to fully automate it. And so now instead of cameo, it's just going to be defakes. Because who the fuck is going to pay Ice T four hundred dollars to say, "Hey, uh, evict your neighbor"? You dig it when they could just like do it with like you know an AI running on a GPU like in their basement. Me, me, because I <laughs> last year I bought a cameo from Rachel Dolezal in which she calls Brett fat, and you know what? The fact that it was real, <laughs> the fact that it was real meant a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want I want Brett to know that Rachel Dolezal sat there in her living room went, should I do this? And then decided yes. Yes, it's worth it. <laughs> Just feels more authentic that way. I'm waiting for the uh, first deep fake um, sex tape to be purposefully released. But like, you know, it's like, I don't know pick it an actor like john favreau or something like but, fucking a care bear yeah just huge yeah. dong though at this oh, rate giant. it's gonna be it's gonna be hunter biden 100 percent. they're gonna do that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah guaranteed the the there's someone on the conservative side is feverishly working on that right now <laughs> did you guys see the uh the hologram of kim kardashian's father that was uh bought as a yeah. birthday gift yeah, yeah. that's freakish that is like some new level. I like, I, you know how like the rich like have terrible taste and they buy a bunch of stuff that I would never buy with that much money. That is a new one. That's like another level of like, I have so much money. Here's a thing that no one else can give someone else except for like the 10 of us that have this much money. And yet I still can't imagine coming up with that idea. That seems upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's disturbing. Well, it, it, I mean, with when the first hologram of Tupac came out for the Coachella, uh, I did think it was weird that Robert Kardashian appeared to Kim like, "What's up, Coachella?" <laughs> <laughs> but, I know, I'm not, I'm not Kanye. I'm not a genius. <laughs> but yeah, there was uh, something I was listening to. I forget what the podcast was. It was like some like tech podcast going into um, AI. Like it was a deep dive on AI. And they were talking about how this technology, because it's, you know, 
going to be incredibly cheap. Like once, you know, these AI um, uh, algorithms become like mainstream, like you'll be able to get them for extremely, extremely cheap. And you, if you just upload enough audio content, you'll have like a very, very realistic um, audio version of whoever saying anything. They did this with um, uh, Joe Rogan. Friends, I've got something new to tell all of you. I've decided to sponsor a hockey team made up entirely of chimps. I'm tired of people telling me that chimps are not capable of kicking human ass in sports. Chimps are just superior athletes. And these chimps have been working out hard. They're throwing kettlebells, battle ropes, everything. I've got them on a strict diet of bone broth and elk meat. These chimps will rip your balls off. God damn, it's impressive. All I got to say is, see you on the ice, folks. It was, yeah. all, it was all computer generated, but it sounded exactly like him because they have like tens of thousands of hours of him just like really high as fuck, just like talking to whoever. New, talking about balls. New conspiracy balls, theory, yeah. by the way, is that that wasn't actually a deep fake. Much like the car company that faked that they had a, a real electric truck, that they just faked that. They were like, oh, we just actually looked through his back catalog, which nobody else in their right mind would ever do. And we found him talking about it. I, I will admit, I have, I have listened to almost every Joe Rogan. I, I started on like Joe Rogan number 12. Uh, I like to think it's made Holy me the man shit. I am today. Wow. So, so you, you probably have like uh, the biological equivalent of the AI's computing power. You could probably generate in your own mind a perfect facsimile of literally any statement coming out of Joe <laughs> Rogan's mouth. That's like half your life, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. To well, watch I mean, that look, much Joe Rogan? It wasn't so bad before. Like I got into it because I have trained a bunch of uh, MMA stuff and I loved news radio and i liked when he dunked on the joke thief carlos mencia and early on it was just like him in the green room at comedy clubs like being stupid in the exact same way but without any pretense to like i'm having an important conversation right it was still yeah. like bro dude, when the chimp why would a chimp pull your balls off <laughs> like if if he's not going to eat it for sustenance why would he have that primal drive and like brian redband being like, i don't know man that's a good question yeah, no, I actually uh, have a fondness for for Joe as well. He's one of my problematic faves, and I've also trained a bunch of MMA, so we got that in common. Did so you that, listen that, to him with Alex Jones? Did it? I listened to like the the viral uh, clips that were going around. Okay. I didn't I didn't listen to the full Alex Jones, but I did listen to the uh, my favorite uh, viral video from that most recent one was the one where uh, uh, Alex gets like way too high. And, and it, it, like it completely derails the the uh the does interview. he fall out of character or uh a, a little bit he 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 like, starts all, talking all, about like all, all i want is some dairy queen yeah he starts talking about like god or something i don't know uh that, Bob, it, it, that last is, alex is that jones all? that last alex jones was actually it made me and i i shouldn't look i'm sure by like 2024 when we're just all feral raiders on a fucking road to perdition, I'm sure I won't have this empathetic response, but the latest Alex Jones made me sad for him because Joe Rogan very clearly was just like done with him. Like he's, he's just checked out. Like Alex Jones has one speed and you can tell even he's sort of mailing it in. And you could look at Joe's face as a thing went on where he's like, come on, man, I'm on Spotify now. Like I need, I need you to finish one sentence before going to the next one. Like he was shaking his head. It made me bummed. It, it was like Alex wow. Jones was walking up to like the cool kid table to do his like little jokes and tell his stories and nobody wanted to hear it. Huh? Well, now I've got, now I'm definitely gonna have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine if, 
Joe was bored, it only lasted like five and a half hours. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> right? Yeah. Wow. That's the, a short one. Yeah, the most recent Alex Jones thing I saw was this actually terrifying interview he had with like this militia guy who what's the deal with these right wingers losing their eyes? Like, this guy had, like, this fucking <laughs> eye patch, uh, like the uh, Dan, Cr- Dan Crenshaw or whatever. Well, given yeah. how much they hate wearing masks, they probably don't wear protective eyewear, and they're fucking, you know, yeah. using some kind of power tool and putting yeah. their eyeballs out. They do not like cranial accessories. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy was, was straight up talking about how he just, you know, like, they, being like the right-wing militias of America, I guess, are just, like, fully ready to just, like, bring war to the streets of uh, America because of, I guess, young people wanting health care. Yeah, I, I if you're interested in that stuff, uh, a quick promo here, which I guess isn't, I'm not affiliated, so I guess less a promo and more just a recommendation. But this week there was, uh, and I'm sure you know this, the latest Jordan Klepper goes to a, a MAGA rally uh, video dropped and a, a friend sent it to me like, damn, look, he's still owning those chuds. And I was like, man, this is this is real sad because it's just like epic logic bombs on an actual like feral, unhinged uh, collection of people. It just it just like makes liberals feel smug and nice. And I posited an alternative, both to Klepper and in this case Alex Jones. You don't need to have someone interview these people anymore. All gas, no brakes. If you're familiar with them on YouTube, uh, it's just a no. Guy. I don't know that. Are you, do you know them? No, 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 I've never heard of him. This is the best. Honestly, it should win like a a Pulitzer because it's just like a guy in his mid-20s. He puts on a beige suit. You know, he's got big curly hair. Oh, wait, no, I do know who this guy is. Yes, you might have recommended or you might have recognized him from the furry convention thing. That sort of yeah, thing. yeah. No, yeah. He, he has a TikTok that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I follow, I follow he, that. he's yeah, really yeah. good. I wish he, I could he, remember. He, his sh- name. he should. He should get a Pulitzer. I agree. But completely. so what he's done is he's really like taken Louis Theroux, the uh, English sort of journalist, where you know back in the day he'd go to all these weird subcultures and just sit silently and ask these innocuous questions like "oh" and just keep the mic held in your face until the social pressure makes you spill. And this all gas no breaks guy, he just has been going to. Proud Boy rallies, MAGA rallies, counter protests, like all of these events. And he just puts the mic in front of the person. And everyone who goes to these rallies is so performative. I mean, Americans in general all like act as if they're about to be on TV at any moment. And so you really, you don't need to interrogate their beliefs or look for nuance or have someone guide you like media Virgil through a conversation with them. They straight up one after another after another will be like, yeah, man, we're here to do violence. It's great. Yeah, let, check out all my tactical gear. I'm I'm ready to do whatever. And and his response will just be like, uh, anyone in particular you're looking for today? And they're, they're like Jews. Yeah, it was like, it's like <laughs> oh, very. God. It's pretty straightforward stuff. But yeah. it, I, it's minimal. What I like is it's minimalist. Like he's not trying to own them. Right. He will only speak up if he feels like the person is actually about to come off the hook. Uh, but as long as they'll keep talking when he points the mic at them, you really get the unfiltered stuff, and it is. I mean, it, it's it's not good. They certainly have the will uh, to be violent and be a huge problem in America. Now, whether or not they have the cardio for that remains to be seen. Yeah, I think yeah. that's I mean, after, you know, Trump's um, 
stand back, stand by, comment at the debate. And then people were immediately going on 8chan and like looking at the boards. What are people saying? And it's literally just this masturbatory celebration of murdering leftists. And that's those are the words that they use. I can't wait to murder leftists. Um, but yeah, there it is just this this pornographic fantasy. I hear the headquarters for the anarchists is in this building run by these people called civil you guys should really check that place out. Britta, <laughs> I was going to say, you haven't, you haven't uh, heard of uh, Kamala Harris? They have, uh, since apparently they're, they're running her, st- uh, what is it? They're running her bus off the road in Texas. Yeah. Oh my God. But the funniest thing to me this is, morning. It's, I mean, look, that's obviously bad. Don't do that. But it is funny. Sorry, that's so funny to me. It's funny that Biden and Harris have, they, they hate the left and they're trying to run they've run against the left and yet to the the maga people in the far right they might as well be fucking kropotkin like they yeah, they, yeah. They, they, it doesn't matter they, and, and we and of course we everyone uh, left of bernie said that right like you, it doesn't matter how far away you run from them in whatever little substance you have in your uh platform like it doesn't matter because they're gonna call you a socialist anyway so like all this triangulation of policy and and rhetoric doesn't fucking matter because they have one speed i have a hard time figuring out how much of that is sincere from the right when like when donald trump stands on stage and calls joe biden you know a socialist and the the most socialist president the country will have ever had like i don't think that trump actually believes that joe biden is a socialist because i unlike some people don't actually i don't think that trump is as stupid as you know we would be comfortable saying that he is i don't think it matters if uh he believes it or not because Regardless of like the the epistemological certainty or positioning of Donald Trump or or his followers, uh, when those people on 8chan are talking like, we need to go out there and take it to the anarchists and Antifa and the communists, the person they're targeting is like the Kamala Harris campaign bus. Right, exactly. And so that's what makes me, I guess, like taking that a little further is I wonder where does the sincerity begin with that? Like, who's the first person in that line of discourse that thinks, yes, Kamala Harris is a socialist. Like, we know it's not Trump, and I, it happens somewhere before we get to 8chan, and I'm I don't just curious, like, where that happens. The, the, words, yeah. the, words are devoid, the words are devoid of any meaning, but they have a, a semantic purpose, uh, like, in terms of identifying targets, because in the right-wing mind, right, violence bad, that's what they say about Black Lives Matter and, and protests and riots and all that, violence bad, Unless you're in a specific category with a tag that like flags you for PVP and anarchist and communist, we live in America. Those have been overtly enemies of the state. You can't get a federal job without swearing off communism in your initial oath. And so when he says Joe Biden, anarchist, Joe uh, Kamala Harris, communist, that gives the green flag for people to see them as an enemy and engage in whatever form of activism uh, they believe in. If you went to their heart of hearts and went, do you really think that uh, uh, Kamala Harris is like a Stalin stan? They, first of all, they wouldn't know what that meant, but they'd be like, no, <laughs> but by labeling yeah. them such, it allows us to act out our violent fantasies and sort of uh, LARP being the, it also, the resistance. It also is super effective on the power side because by doing that, they, they constantly trap the Democrats and prove that you're not a socialist. And Joe Biden is like the easiest person to do that to because he will by just keep moving in your direction. So as long as you keep smearing him, the Democrats will keep moving to the right because that is their knee-jerk reaction to be appearing remotely leftists. So it also works on the per- 
perspective of like getting Republican policies passed. Yeah, it's a little bit mm-hmm. too like it's like the term terrorist, right? Like you can all you have to do is apply that with no nuance to someone, and now they have to go like, no, I'm I'm definitely not that thing politically. Uh, and the reactionary right can just be like, okay, hey, fair game, terrorist, right? The Dems are perpetually trapped in the I'm not mad, catch 22, right? (laughs) You're definitely mad. And they're like, no, I'm not fucking angry. And they're like, prove it. (laughs) Prove it by punching the leftists in the dick. And Biden's like, gladly, sure. Man, man, will you you shut up, man? (laughs) I will say the Kamala thing is an easier smear for them. And it's so funny to me because she got elected to the Senate and she, like a lot of the other Gen X politicians, was like, finger in the air, which way is the wind blowing? And it's like, oh, it's blowing towards progressivism. Like, that's the right. way the party's moving. That's what the young people want. And so she positioned herself as a progressive for her first two years in the Senate leading up to this election. And and it was obvious that, like, to, to every leftist, it's very clear that this is, like, performative. She's trying to run for something, like... She's totally full of shit. She never did any of this when she had power. Uh, When push comes to shove, she doesn't actually vote on the progressive stuff, right? She'll introduce legislation she knows won't pass, all that jazz. But to the right, it's like, oh, well, there's the proof right there. She got to the Senate and she immediately started putting progressive causes. She she helped uh, uh, co-platform stuff that Bernie brought to the floor, right? All this other stuff. And so it's so funny to me that like now she's getting fucked over for that because the Dems have moved away from progressivism as they always do. Uh, But it's very easy for the right to be like, see, we told you she's a secret leftist because she got in power and she tried to do leftist shit. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see as another predictive uh, catch-22 what'll happen if Biden gets in office and he follows through with his plan for an assault weapons ban. Because all the same people who have flags that say, like, come and take it or whatever the fuck that is in Greek, um, have the same Blue Lives Matter, like, fascist flag. And so someday there's going to be a cop that shows up at their house because they're, you know, bragging about their sweet ass AR-15 or whatever that's like modded so it's an assault weapon. Um, and uh, you're going to have a cop there who's like, give me the gun. And they're going to look at one of the flags and they're going to look at the other of the flag and then they're going to look at the other flag and there's their head is going to fucking explode. No, that, that's when gonna... you look down the middle and see the live, laugh, love plaque. That your wife demanded put in the living room. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where, like, whoever's in charge of the state, that's when cops are okay or not okay, right? Like, if the Dems in charge of the state, then they're the state apparatus coming to take away everything you love and hold dear. And when the Republicans in charge of the state, then they're like our good compatriots that we love and support. But the Biden gun thing is so much worse than the assault weapons ban. His actual gun platform is full on. You don't get to own a gun unless you have money, because they are they are ta- they are basically charging you for every gun you own. It, to the point where, like, if you own, like, a half a dozen guns, like a ton of people I know from the military do, it's a few thousand dollars plus for every gun that you own and for the ammo and everything. Like, Jesus. it's insane. It's a full-on, like, if you are not wealthy or well-positioned with money, you don't get to own guns. They're, like, that is his actual plan, which is <laughs> fucking alarming, but, like, that gets no play at all wh- whatsoever. Right. So, so you're creating a situation where, like, people can have, like, private armies and yes. or or or, or uh, uh their own little bunker and they can pay for that but yeah everyone and everyone else just gets to get mowed down by the 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 ski do salesman chud with a uh an entire arsenal in his in his arizona basement yeah joe you know, biden looked at the proliferations of gun and guns in america and went what if only the feudal elites could own the weapons 
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Joe, Joe Biden's like, uh, no war, but class war. <laughs> I mean, he, he's fucking the Delaware senator. Like, that's their goddamn state motto. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're fucked. Uh, but, well, maybe you can take, maybe uh, if you're part of civil, you, they'll like rent you a gun for the time that you're evicting your own grandmother or something almost almost certainly they'll rent it because as we've seen with florida if you give poor people guns like they did where they were hiring security guards in schools the poor people will pawn the guns and just put a fake gun in their belt because they need the fucking money that's happened like a half a dozen times it's a smart idea yeah it's fucking smart (laughs) Uh, so yes it will be a gun rental just like everything else what you were saying about the um, sort of Blue Lives Matter flag transforming under like a Democratic leadership, that's comforting thought that like there's going to be a ton of dudes who have like a Punisher skull with a blue line through it who suddenly are going to become afraid of their own, you know, truck decal. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like all looking around like like, like in We Live and they're just like, oh my God, oh my God, uh, the blue means something completely different now. Uh, to, to- you know, the... The uh um I th- but you know to be honest though right like of course what really happens is that like all of these uh um gangs that we call the police will just will say that they're not going to follow no, n- a rule a yeah, law yeah, that exactly. so municipal that, police departments yeah. are never going to assist a Biden administration in taking anybody's guns. I yeah, promise you no. that that is yeah. not a, a threat that anybody faces. Wh- this last year has been them showing exactly how little they need to follow the laws of local politicians or governments in any way shape or form so like yeah fuck no yeah yeah, yeah. and then this will that maybe that will be just like one more brick taken out of the dam to like show uh you know centerish people that um that there's a, that the rule of law is an illusion and joe biden or will that, fix that problem by giving the cops more money yes right yeah they're, they're like well you'll, you'll find out that like every law enforcement officer around you actually doesn't care about the law right it, it's it's whoever is uh in charge that they like and and then you find out that there is no democratic check on any of these people and everyone that you've elected into into local office is terrified of them mm-hmm. they're as afraid of them as you are and sometimes more can, yeah and sometimes they have personal relationships with known murderers yeah who like make not so thinly veiled threats and so yeah like so like what what are you going to do about it? And then, then that's that's going to be a really scary moment when you realize that like all of this culture war bullshit over like gun rights actually turns into no, there's no arm of the state that will take away guns from scary pe- from like scary white supremacists and their like financiers. It's like, literally only the military. Yeah, and the yeah. Dems would never do that. Like they're fucking cowards. Yeah, they would. They would so, never actually be like because I, I mean genuinely, what is the solution to? cops running amok and literally holding cities and local politicians hostage because like they've they've proven it out over the last six months that like okay so we try to defund them assuming you actually have enough support for that they'll stop doing policing in those districts where the representative lives they will arrest your children right they'll dox you they'll give out your address they'll arrest you personally which has Mm -hmm. happened in virginia to multiple politicians usually black politicians because of course but like it's what well like genuinely like well there's not really a solution to this on the municipal level, other than like you having a uh, an entire community behind you and against the police. But that's not going to happen. So like you actually do need a federal response at some point. Like they're completely out of control, and no local government can do anything about it. Especially 
the the Chicago LAPD NYPD groups where they have billions of dollars like that. There is nothing you can do about that. Have you guys seen the uh, the tweet that the Philadelphia police put oh, out? Oh, fucking Jesus Christ! Yes, uh, <sighs> something else. If this whole this this entire debacle in Philly with the with these cops that charged this woman with her two year old son and her sixteen year old nephew in the car with her. They surround the car, they beat in all the windows with their batons, they drag them out, they beat the shit out of her and her nephew, they take her son, and then they have the fucking, just the balls to post a photo on Twitter saying that the cops found this little boy walking around by himself with no shoes on. Yeah, because the, the, the parents in this framing are just overcome with the riotous zeal. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> it, and, and it shows us this very attractive Philly cop. She um, can she can get it. I'm uh, telling you right now, like, cradling this I can child. Fix her. I can fix her. <laughs> that she just kidnapped, and it's like this this cop. You know, um, like the only thing she had on her mind was this the safety and security of this child. Here's what. Here I'll read it because I have the screenshot of it um, saved. This child was lost during the violent riots in Philadelphia, wandering around barefoot in an area that was experiencing complete lawlessness. The only thing this Philadelphia police officer cared about in that moment was protecting this child. We are not your enemy. We are the thin blue line, and we are the only thing standing between order and anarchy. You gotta capitalize order and anarchy. But I mean, that's just like a anarchy. straight fascist line. Like, uh, it is. That's yeah. Pulled, yeah, that's like classic fascism right there. And this child was stolen from his, like, not just, like, the. I have, like, a hard time even articulating the degree to which this was, like, a brutal kidnapping because they literally assaulted her vehicle and stole her child from her. Like, it's, it, it, I feel like it goes above and beyond even the normal police kidnappings that we see all the time. And yeah. so, yeah, then they had, they, they did delete it. They, they took yeah, the feet jur- down. Only after a journalist was like, here's some video uh, proof that this child was in fact forcibly kidnapped. Yeah. And when the mother repeatedly asked about her child, the police told her, um, he's going to a better place. We're reporting you to DHS. So nice. they not only yeah, stole use her the child ice methodology. from her. Yeah. They then uh, just terrorized her with, with the threat of, of stealing her child. As a fun cross comparison, they were also, uh, there was another car that was like, just, you know, uh, the thing I, I like, people do need to understand when it comes to protests and like even protests that turns into riots is there's a ton of people who are just going about their lives, not aware that a block over shit's going crazy and they mm-hmm. turn the wrong corner, right? Yeah. Or the protest or riot or whatever moves in their direction. So like, uh, there's a lot of like random bystanders that occur with oh, these yeah. things. That was oh, yeah. my, look, Occupy... Occupy got a little rough at times, but one silver lining was that because it was down on Wall Street, when the cops would come in and rough people up, there were like 15 to 20% just bankers trying to get to their apartments <laughs> to make their mistresses. And you'd see just like Mr. Brooks Brothers get suplexed into the asphalt like please i live here (laughs) when i got arrested on the brooklyn bridge with like 737 other you know people who are just marching move uh, yeah that was was the one uh, where they 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 directed uh they directed yes yep 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 Yep. uh and there was this dude who i got arrested next to 
uh, who was a, you know, he was just a Brooklyn hipster. He wasn't even in the Occupy. He was just like, he saw a bunch of people marching and he was like, oh, you know, just I feel like I'm walking along with them. And then he immediately got, uh, I have to you know, go back to Brooklyn us. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he didn't have, you know, uh, the National Lawyers Guild number on his hand or any of that shit. In fact, he hadn't even emptied his bladder. Don't put he, it on your hand, write it on your arm and permanently. Yeah, yeah. Just, I don't, I know, I'm, this is such a stickler thing, but don't do that because once you start sweating and running, it, the hand's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, he ended up uh, having a full bladder and the fucking cop wouldn't like let him urinate. So I like tried to like help him like with my hands tied behind my back to like unzip and stuff. We couldn't get to work and he ended up wetting himself. Oh and God. yeah, just like, you're exactly right that there's a lot of, uh, uh, what do the fishermen call it? Bycatch. Yeah, bycatch. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, so, she, th- this woman, she, uh, her nephew needed to be picked up. She was having a hard time getting her son to sleep, so she figured I'll just go pick him up. I'll put my son in the car. The car ride will will you know lull him to sleep like it does for so many little kids. And then she just randomly runs into a police blockade. So she tries to turn around because that's what you do when there's a line of cop cars in your way is you turn yep. around and then that's when they assaulted the vehicle so yeah this is just like so, she fit the profile but as a comparison well, she was point, black like, while driving yeah she she was a random person that got caught up right and she they they bashed in her windows they ripped her out of the car and then they kidnapped her child the same thing happened uh i think in the same evening as well a few blocks over and the guy just gassed it through because they started, the cops started beating on. He was just like, you know, fuck it. And just ran over a few cops. And they, 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 they pitched it as like, look at this terrorist action. And it's like, the car sits there, attempts to turn around. The cops surround it and go fucking feral like they always do, breaking yeah. in windows. They start trying to drag people out. And the guy gassed it. And it's like, well, when you don't gas it, you get beaten and your child gets stolen. So what are you going to do if you get trapped in that situation? And it's like, yeah, yeah I, I'm kind of with the guy who just gassed it on that one. Probably not a great result for you cops or for future violence, but like you've basically proven out the two possibilities here. And one of those seems significantly better than the other. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to go the way of uh, Qaddafi or are you going to go the way of Kim Jong-un? <laughs> <laughs> We're saying get some nukes. <laughs> Get some nukes, and by nukes we mean a GMC Suburban. <laughs> so do we want to uh, say anything about uh, the election coming up and how it will uh, accelerate the demise of the Empire? Only 72 hours left to go. Oh my god. Or less. I mean, chaos is guaranteed, so that's a lazy Absolutely prediction. Absolutely guaranteed. But, uh, my, my favorite insane prediction I, I've decided to land on now is that the New York City... Uh, board of elections is so fucking incompetent that they fuck up the election badly enough that new york is up for grabs and it hasn't been called for like a week straight and then to heighten here texas goes blue but because they didn't bother to actually put in really good voting suppression there but florida and pennsylvania the voting suppression works wonderfully and they go red so it's just mass fucking chaos across the board nobody has any idea what the fuck's going on oh my god if new york goes red i think i will literally be assassinated <laughs> by blue checks for having <laughs> if, voted for uh the green party yeah if new york goes red know. because the board because the board of elections is run by literally Habsburgian fail sons and daughters that would be <laughs> it would be like like it's the apotheosis of liberalism coming home to roost for sure they're gonna fucking lose many many thousands of votes like that's guaranteed to happen oh absolutely yeah, yeah. Oh, man. yeah. well I, I think that the uh the simplest prediction of like the coming week that we're all going to have to um get through 
one way or the other. Uh, so, you know, sing a happy song, everybody. That's my advice. Um, <laughs> is that the, okay, so something like a third of the entire voting population that turned out in 2016 has already voted. In mm-hmm. most of the states, they can't even begin to count those votes until after the closing of the polls. So who is voting early is predominantly Democrats. Yeah. I, I was yep. just, I, I lit up when Chris said that because I just saw the numbers on on a poll on who's mm-hmm, voted mm-hmm. and who hasn't. But I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, I, I, it's probably along the lines of what I'm about to say, which is that uh, apparently exit poll wise, et cetera, Biden is just running away with it. Like double digit percentage, you know, like some sometimes as high for as early like, voting yes. for early voting. Yeah. Like as high as like 15, 17 percent in some. Which districts. again is exactly what happened with hillary mm-hmm. and so uh the the the, the thing but so, the difference is with hillary it was not nearly a third of all voters yeah voted yeah, early. yeah yeah it's so, way more so because they expanded early voting yeah yeah so now we have this huge early voting uh number which we won't know until days after tuesday so we don't know wednesday thursday friday maybe saturday maybe in a month who fucking knows um but what is likely going to happen is that the um televised reporting of all of the districts is going to show that trump is up and probably up by a lot and yeah. watching the numbers go down over the next you know 24 72 thousand hours <laughs> is going to drive trump ballistic uh-huh. and it's going to drive his fan base ballistic literally like kinetically ballistic and there, he's going to call for an end to the counting he's going to be like they're trying to do a coup. They're trying to th- over. Th- I, my, my numbers are going down every day. He's already yeah, no got one... his people on Fox News saying that you know continuing to count the vote after election day will be vote rigging. Like they're already, yeah, the, yeah they're already making the rounds. Yeah, they're saying fr- that they're very explicitly. Fr- yeah, they're going to frame it as flipping it. Yeah, as opposed to I don't know, looking at the actual outcome. Like by all of like the rules that we all hypothetically agreed on, you know, by <laughs> this is, it's it's another way in which the Democratic strategy has utterly failed to take into account the fact that we now live in a media ocracy. Like we are governed by the media and like, you know, the the election of Donald Trump was just like the outcome of that having already been built. It did not begin with him becoming our president, but it's now been kicked into overdrive. The snake so is now this, eating its tail. Yeah. yeah so yeah. now all of this mail in your ballot, vote early, all of this shit, good advice, smart, you know, smart things to do in a pandemic. Um, d- it, that, like it utterly fails to take into account the fact that this election will be determined in the minds of many Americans it, on the news. Like that's just how, so those, so those tactics, um, g- Completely backfire. Of, of the people who have not yet voted, 69% of them are going to vote for Trump. Nice. According to, uh, I know, exactly. Thank you. That's, <laughs> now you know why my face got so happy. <laughs> um, that's according to like a, a YouGov poll that was just conducted. And of the people who have currently voted, it was something like 62% of them, I think, voted for Joe Biden. So, you know, yeah, election day is going to look like a big red wave. And that is go- the the optics of that are going to be terrible, and I don't think that we are at all prepared for how to for what's going to happen. Yeah, nobody knows what to do at all. The I only love, people with a I plan. love that it's going to be a combo of Pete Buttigieg in Iowa, right, with the early declaration before you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. 
what what the media loved loved to do to Kashama Sawant uh, this last election, where it took forever for the votes to be counted and she ended up winning, but the media ran it as she lost for days and days and days. And so it's hard not to be a little satisfied that all the chickens are coming home to roost at once yeah. for these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's hard not to be like, all right, enjoy. I will say to like on the number side thing, I I am now at this point almost entirely convinced that any bump is due to the fact that they expanded early voting and mail-in voting uh, on the states east of the Mississippi. Because in states like Nevada, right, which have had that stuff for a while, because basically every every state in the West has like a semi-modern um, system of government for the state level because they weren't formed by like fucking rabid colonials <laughs> in the 1700s. And uh, so in places like it was, Nevada, it was Ergot, the early voting numbers are wor- they're worse than they were in 2016. Yeah. It's like, oh, so it does seem like enthusiasm is lower in places that have a one-to-one comparison that you can do. Hmm. All right. And it's so, so I'm starting to, and I'm starting to become convinced that all that's happening is the East is just finally getting access to like semi-normal democratic measures of voting, which like great job Democrats for never fucking expanding that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all that's really occurring. That's like, that's really all the big switches. It's like a combo of pandemic and you, you finally let people early vote from places where they've been able to, they're like, yeah, no, I'm not fucking thrilled about this one. Like I don't have, everybody sucks. No one gives a fuck about us. Like, I don't know. And what I the, guess Biden? What Where's the, the lie? What those two examples you, you just put together, Brett, of uh, uh, like Sawant and uh, Buttigieg in Iowa is that, you know, it shows that the Democrats know how to play this game. Like they know how to do it. Oh, with, yeah. But they, and they will always play it to punch left and they will never do it to like yeah. fight for fight against Trump or anything like that. That's n- they don't they know how to do it. It's not that they're stupid. It's that they know how to do it, but they refuse to play that game as well as they should against Trump because they fucking love just running ads against Trump and getting in money from Jenny's ice cream or whatever. Like they just they, they get they feed them. Yeah, they listen to them. They they feed, feed them. Feed them. They feed them. <laughs> and and, 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 to, and to Sawant's credit here, she showed you how how exactly to deal with that, which is you basically tell them to go fuck themselves, and you're going to wait for every last vote because you don't trust these motherfuckers. Yeah. Like yeah. Yep. Yep. She's 100 percent correct on that one. I love the anarchist jurisdiction of Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still amazed she got re-election in spite of Bezos pouring cash into an identity candidate who was like, I'm gay and I love liberal ideals. And of course, I support all these things. But also maybe like, let's dial it back on being rude to Amazon. Uh, and the voters were still like, yeah, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm interested to see how um was it proposition two in, in, in California? Oh yeah. Uh with, with like the whole gig economy. Man, that is an onslaught. Like that's some some dark, dark, like uh fucking Robocop vibes shit. Where like you can't even begin your workday as a atomized gig worker until you say you're going to vote yes on something that hurts your interests. Like on the app a, that allows you to do your fucking job. Like that's one of those where like Uber Lyft are overplaying there. You you win and it's not a good thing for you. Like that good things don't happen if you win that one. Cause now everybody's forced to fucking live with this policy and it it's yeah. It, it's another one of those where it's like you guys if every fucking company has far outstripped the ability to actually keep people in line on this shit and you're just grasping for power and you have no idea the fucking things that you're 
you're unleashing on yourselves because they're doing it to the people who already have nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Good I luck. Mean, I mean, you're, you're definitely, we're definitely building toward some type of collapse scenario, whether it will be a righteous insurrection for, you know, bringing about like a common cause, you know, politic or whether it's just, you know, <laughs> yeah. fucking we're going back to the horse and buggy by, you know, necessity. Um, like something's going to change, but it's very interesting. China, please invade us. <laughs> She should bring us freedom. Uh, I would love some bow, man. I could fucking kill some (laughs) bow right now. Uh, But uh, the the thing that blows me away about uh, Uber and Lyft and everything is that these companies never made a profit. (laughs) These companies specifically engaged in large scale breaking of laws like criminal activity with like a vague uh you know sort of uh legal veneer and you know tech bro like uh savvy and now they're actually changing the laws so that they can break further laws legally as it relates to the level that they can exploit their already immiserated and most vulnerable population during a pandemic like I'm con- I'm convinced Cyberpunk is just going to keep delaying until they can be like check out the new real world simulator game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I I do think that like it, it's it it doesn't get said enough that the gig economy is Barack Obama's truly most enduring legacy. Like Ooh, that yeah. of of all the things that he you know his recovery, his economic recovery that that Joe Biden is currently running for president on. What what was the number? I think it was something like forty percent of the jobs created under I think it's under the Obama higher. administration were gig economy jobs. I think it's more like eighty. It's it, <laughs> let me double check that. Well, then that makes my point even even further. But like that, you know, we we think of him as the first black president, um, the guy who got us Obamacare, uh, you know, or we think of him as the drone strike guy. For those of us who are critical of of the Obama, but but truly the gig I think economy, of him as the tan suit motherfucker the, uh, with, the, <laughs> with the spicy brown mustard. Tan My suit? God, how the dare Dijon, you, John? You got to be kidding me. But truly, it's the gig economy that is his most enduring legacy, and it has fucked working people in this country harder than really I think anything else he did under under his president. I, I'm sorry, it wasn't 80. It wasn't 80. I was way off. Okay. It's 94. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's fucking 94%. <laughs> when you have a technocracy and everything is run based off of measurements, right? What you measure with unemployment can be gamed. Everything can be gamed and will be yeah. gamed. Yeah. That is like the enduring thing I've learned from working in, in sort of like the corporate world and like actually helping run analytics for these various uh, organizations is anything you have that's a measurement, people will find a way to game it. And the longer that it exists and the longer that it acts as a barrier to you doing whatever you want or making money, the more aggressively it will be gamed. And so gig economy is gaming unemployment. That's all that is. He has figured out a way to make sure that you are all still fucked but it looks okay. And that's all that matters, right? Universities have figured out a way to game the ranking system. We're not going to help anybody, but we figured out if we put dollars in these three specific areas, it makes the ranking go up. And that is all that fucking matters because this is the only metric that matters. Like this is the end result of technocracy. Everything is measured. Everything is a metric and everything is gamed if you have enough money to game it and fuck the rest of us. That sort of action, by the way, is the answer to... Hey, these companies, uh, these gig economy apps and VC-backed behemoths, how come they can just break the law and, and, and do whatever they want? How come they don't actually have to show that they're profitable? And the answer, uh, as Brett just laid out, is 
because we they are a strategic national security interest now. The NASDAQ is currently propped up. That is to say, our economy's perceived strength is propped up by a lot of these bullshit tech firms that aren't actually doing anything but middlemaning. Yeah, like we work. And so, yeah, so should we decide to take any action on a state level uh, or put any accountability on them such that it might spook the market or decrease their valuation that has huge macroeconomic effects, which then trickle down to all of wall street, which then trickles down to uh, the significance and stability of our place as a currency issuer on the world market. Like we are essentially going to look the other way on these companies and do whatever we can for them because they are the pillars holding up our national economy currently which is their they, they, they are the the function. myths they, they're atlas holding up this bullshit capitalist system <laughs> Have, has anybody uh, here read the book snow crash yes so the antagonist the uh in that has a heart monitor uh installed surgically onto his heart tied to a nuclear bomb that he keeps in the sidecar of his motorcycle and that's like an analogy that just jumped into my mind <laughs> this whole fucking uh we work uh civil uh uber fucking uh instacart yeah, i think that's an apt uh metaphor yeah they all have a gun to our heads and it, and that's their real function is to be the uh hostage takers of of like late capitalism they don't do anything except like take advantage of stuff that is increasingly getting more and more annoying to do and so that convenience gets flipped into a necessity, and now all of a sudden, and the only way that they can make that flip is by immiserating all of the public goods and everything that we share. And then when that when that's gone, not only do you rely on them to like get food and shit, but now you're also like need them to just survive at a structural level so that the economy doesn't fall apart. And and I think so much of this is going to turn into like. Either bullshit jobs, RIP David Graeber, right? It was, it was so much of it is bullshit jobs because they don't actually want to do anything because if they started solving problems, they would obviate themselves, right? Uh, and, yep. and then the, uh, or you, you start to like turn into like, like a, like some sort of weird atheistic priest just doing these weird rituals that must be completed before the line go up, you know? It's yeah. like, that's like the only, the only jobs that are left. Oh my God. Was it David uh, Jim Cramer? Yeah, he, he's like the uh, king. <laughs> king. king. Bye. <laughs> yeah, he's doing the mysticism um, uh, over over the, the the holy line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He he's got to like you know do a little dance and smack the right buttons and and yell in just the right way for for line to go up. I like him. He's a <laughs> he's a problematic fave. Uh, in fact, if you watch. Uh, the Mad Money anniversary special. I forget if it was like 500 episodes or 10 years or something. Jim Cramer filmed that episode live on the street, like on the street in front of uh, the New York Stock Exchange. And you better believe I'm all over that fucking episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there. Uh, at, at, and, and Jim brought the energy. You know how, and this may, this may or may not surprise you, but you know how people just call in and, and be like, you know, fucking Bristol Myers Squibb, and he'll be like, oh, here's the thing about that. Uh, 
he really can do that because in between commercial breaks, he would just go to the, the audience and be like, hit me with some stocks. And people would just shout the shit out. And he'd be like, that's a buy right now. We got to get by on that right now. Who's next? And he would just walk up and down like a Pentecostal preacher riffing. And that seems impressive until you realize uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like He can say whatever he wants. Uh, he, ne- he never faces any real accountability for that. It's fucking stock speculation. Fun fact about that, uh, the crowd – at the Jim Cramer live show, awesome. All just uh, boat shop owners from across America, day drinking love them. and dragging their wives to New York for shopping and seeing Big Jim in person. We love the, we love <laughs> the beautiful boaters. I that's the way to do it. Like I, I'm, I, get rid of the decorum on Wall Street stuff yeah. and just let us see the clown show. There should be buttons. There should be animated <laughs> flashes. I want animal sounds because that is fundamentally what it is. Replace, like replace is, CNBC with ESPN. Just do it. Yeah. If the, yeah, if, if, if <laughs> this thing is going to rule our lives, we should at least like be able to, you know, fucking enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. I'll be honest. It was, it was not a low point of my life. Uh, knowing that my parents, I was like, you got to tune in. And they're like, is that you yelling? get his ass Jim when he's talking about <laughs> Pfizer pharmaceuticals. <laughs> yes, it is. Nice. Oh man. I have no idea what's about to happen. I think probably no one does. That's what makes it so scary. Uh, so I can only really predict based on, you know, th- things that feel more foundational things that I can actually like, you know, feel and measure and, and perceive. And, my worry and my prediction is that regardless of what happens, our behavior is not going to change as a country. I know that seems like trite, like, um, but I'm not talking about policy or whatever. Uh, this idea that if Biden gets in, you know, people will go back to brunch, the liberals will check out. I'm not actually sure that is going to happen or can happen on a neurological level. We've spent the last four years, we being the American citizenry, and this is certainly amplified through the isolation of COVID uh, and, and the alienation and desperation most people feel under COVID, the, the seeking narrative and meaning and answers under COVID. But we've been living for the last four years like an addict. Like, like we have been doing to our brain the things that people that really struggle with addiction do to their brains. Like we have been on this drip of constant like high emotional peaks and then deep uh, searching lows and whatever you might think intellectually or cognitively about, Oh, well, you know, once Biden is in there, I know that there'll be someone who's looking out for the environment more or whatever fucking delusion you intellectually tell yourself at the end of the day, you've been molding those neurological pathways down addict behavior. And I, I I'm very skeptical that anyone is at the end of this week or at the end of this month or after January going to physically be able to handle the withdrawals of just going like, all right, well now I'm after four years of, of fucking political and media heroin. Now I'm just going to go fly fishing and I won't face any withdrawals. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think that's I'm just going to go point. cold Turkey. Yeah. I'm going to change all the behaviors that I've deeply ingrained on a primal lizard brain level for the last four years. They're all going to vanish overnight because my brain intellectually will understand that things are better. Uh, I, I think that, we have consequences to this sort of stuff and our brains have probably physically been rewired by this. There's also, and I like, I don't really, 
I'm only using this analogy because I think it is apt, not necessarily because I think it's good. But there is like a kind of a trauma response that Mm -hmm. I think will haunt us for a long time after Mm -hmm. Trump is no longer president. And I don't like the reason I like caveat that is because like I don't think that like Donald Trump has uniquely traumatized us as, you know, a country. I think that like that. Yeah, he he is. He is the outcome of things that have been in motion for a long time. Cause and symptom. But it is like a spectacular event in the way that like, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder is triggered by a spectacular event. Um, And I think that we are for a very it's going to take a very even if the world were to become magically tomorrow safe and secure and happy and healthy, um, we will not feel safe possibly ever like you know and especially young people going through covid right now like they're going to be mm-hmm. dealing with a lifelong trauma of having I, you know uh, like some of the most formative years of their life stolen from them nothing is it, nothing is going to ever go back to normal i think yeah yeah donald trump i don't think is uh like you said he, he's a a symptom right he, he's not uh uniquely traumatizing however i worry that the the programming we've all undergone is like you said, whether Mm. it's kids, whether it's kids, you know, and being out of school and COVID and having to explain all this shit where, you know, you weren't even comfortable explaining the tooth fairy reality or the Santa (laughs) reality to your kids. And now you got to explain fucking COVID and the government failing and can't get a job and, and why your family members seem weird because they're back on substance abuse and all this stuff. Uh, There's that. And there's also just, I think back to my family, you know, and, and you go over to their home and they grew up in the depression and, and you know, you, you open the fridge and there's just like a bunch of half filled Campbell soup cans with saran wrap over the top because even though they can afford all the soup they want, uh, and they always like to hold that over our heads, damn boomers, (laughs) (laughs) even though they can afford all the soup they want. They're still like, well, I'll eat a half portion and hold on to the rest just just in case. Right. And that was the psychic scar of the Great Depression, which was bad. But and again, I don't want to be alarmist here. In a material sense, this upcoming depression could be worse, yes. But psychologically, they were that scarred from an experiential uh phase of their life where their engagement with the depression was okay. I, I wake up, uh, maybe I'm romanticizing things, but like I wake up, I read the paper, I see that it's bad. I look around my home, I, I see that it sucks. I go and I stand in line, you know, it, whether it be the, the food lines or trying to get gig work, you know, like Grapes of Wrath style. But then for large swaths of the day, your mind is not laser focused on the fact that it's a depression. Your mind is not being pulled by a constant media drip to how bad things are. There are still moments where you are just looking out over a field, sitting on the porch, sitting with your family and sharing a dinner. Like everything sucks, but the amount that it is just manifested in your brain, the amount of attempts it has to scar you is, I, I think, just empirically, it's, it's fewer yeah. than it is now. Yeah. And if And if the depression could leave that, why to gash uh i wonder what the current culture is doing well i in light of your i think very apt and somewhat profound um you know diagnosis of the situation uh i've got a couple pieces of advice uh one is victory gardens is immensely more helpful 
psychologically and practically um, than continuing to watch every single police murder in HD up close video coming across your feed or reacting to whatever blue check psychopath is telling you um, that Joe Biden is actually great or whatever. Um, and, Victory Gardens being what for the listener? Oh, uh, Victory Gardens were, uh, you know, something that happened during the war and post-war periods of the United States, as well as a whole bunch of other countries. Uh, you were talking about the uh, half-eaten uh, soup can, um, you know, uh, as a, I think, very practical uh, outcome from the Depression, uh, even after it. Uh, Victory Gardens were the idea that, you know, we had to dedicate so much uh, national resources industrial uh, output, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to try and win the, the wars that the United States had been involved in, especially World War II, um, that the idea was, you know, grow food in your backyard to make it easier to ship food to the troops and stuff like that. And so, like, the Victory Garden is, you know, I know there's COVID Kitchen, you know, we have a little uh, thread in our Discord where people are, are showing their their home-baked goods during quarantine, et cetera. But, By the way, terrible branding on COVID. but you know like the idea is like doing practical things that help alleviate your basic needs and allow you to have a little bit of buffer to help out your fellow neighbor um is you know incredibly valuable and good and maybe we should all you know embark on a little bit of um you know, uh, deprogramming or a 12 step program to try to, uh, break our addiction to, um, you know, the, 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 Horrible, horrible news strip that, you know, gets us uh, going in, in so many ways every morning, you know? Wrong kind of drip. Yeah. 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 There's a, I think it was the, uh, there's this TikTok uh, video that I think came out when it was, uh, uh, when Trump was uh, in the hospital and it was uh, a wishful thinking of like, you know, on the screen is, uh, uh, you know, Trump dead uh 2020 <laughs> right and then um and then the guy looks uh, to his right to his friend on the on the couch next to him with a trump hat and the trump hat dissolves and the guy is just like whoa where am i what is it what last thing i remember it was like 2015 or something like that and, and they're like oh my god you're back and, like the idea and and like obvi- obviously it's, it's like so a, sad right, <laughs> right? It's so fucking pathetic. and it's like the joke being that like donald trump is like like the vampire king and like when you slay him like everyone goes back to normal right. and and like that's sort of the unspoken assumption i feel like of a lot of media is that like once we defeat the vampire king like all of these maga chuds will like go back to like you know abusing each other at AutoZone or something or whatever they were doing before and that's not going to happen like now they're just going to go find a new leader to uh that's probably more um like ideologically coherent and like that will be terrifying yeah so a lot to look forward to yeah it's gonna be great be um fine. my advice is uh don't look away get fucking angry yeah yeah, that is sort of, uh, I won't open another depressing topic, but that is sort of the game because you say like log off, don't look at it for your own mental health, don't constantly be programmed by this drip, drip, drip of just alienation and awfulness. But on the other hand, you don't want to become the fucking potatoes in the sack. You don't want to become isolated in your deprogramming because we really do need collectively each other to get through this. I think navigating those two poles is something that is is perpetually challenging but it's it's something worth trying to figure out yeah don't don't do the tina fey sheet cake thing 
Yeah. Expose yourself to just the right amount of trauma. Yeah. And then talk about it with your friends. <laughs> and yeah. and be practical about the way you're spending your energy. Like that's like the real thing that I'm trying to, you know, say at the Victor. Yeah. Just like be practical. Like do something to make even if it's putting a little carrot at the end of even if you have to create the light at the end of your own tunnel. Like do it. Like you need to somehow have a reason and for hope, right? And if your objective analysis of the collective situation is as bleak as mine, you got to make that hope. <laughs> you got to <laughs> yeah. like think about something, you know, four, five, six, seven months from now that you're really looking forward to and do something, you know, today or tomorrow or the next day that gets you incrementally closer to that, whatever it is. You know, like if it's, you know, learning an instrument or uh, like growing food. I know we're about to go into a northeast winter. Plan your garden for next year. <laughs> I don't know. Like hook up with your homies. Try to figure out how to form a worker co-op. Something. Something practical. Because like, you know, I've been, you know, especially since we started this podcast on Twitter and the Hell site and everything else and looking at everything. And um, yeah, I've wasted a lot of time. I mean, I feel like I understand things with a little bit more nuance in substance um but yeah ultimately uh wasted a lot of time and i'm trying to uh just you know just be practical yeah all right i think that's it yeah i think <laughs> right. so um stay safe next week next week is going to be yeah. i think probably scary and chaotic um and so Stay safe. Fill your bathtub up with water. I don't know. That's what I always did when something bad happened. <laughs> God, we're so from Florida. Yeah, yeah that's the, the first Florida thing you do is you fill up the bathtub. Hell yeah. Yeah, just turn. Put. You said that and I just thought like, does anybody else know what that means? Yeah, yeah. Just fill, <laughs> fill up your bathtub with water. Is that in water. case like a, a gator comes by? And, yes. You know, <laughs> and, you, like, and you want to make you him be hospitable. Yeah. You want to be able to offer the gator home. a place to, to yeah. sleep. No, it's uh, for hurricanes. If the water gets um, knocked out, you have a bathtub full of, full of drinking water. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. 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 Lord hours. All about that practicality. Yep. So fill up your bathtubs in whatever <laughs> material or spiritual psychic sense, whatever that means for you. Bathtub of the soul. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Uh, thanks uh, again so much for yeah. coming yeah, on. Thanks yeah, so Brett, much for coming Rob, on Ironweeds, so Brett much. and Rob. Yeah, yeah. And uh thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, and for Iron Weeds l- listeners, if you if you haven't already, please check out um Dumb and Awful Podcast. It's hilarious and uh insightful as you can probably pick up from today's conversation. It's smart and good. Yeah. Dumb and in- awful is smart in- incorrectly named. <laughs> <laughs> So huge thanks to um, Brett and Rob for coming on Ironweeds. That was a super fun conversation. Well, fun is a strong word. It was a dark. It was a good conversation. <laughs> I really loved it. I know? did too, yes. And I think that, uh, you know, Rob especially like left me with a interesting way of thinking about the next several months yeah. and year um, yeah. that is going to, you know, ring around in my brain a little bit and maybe knock loose some cobwebs. So thank you, Rob, for that. That's such nice boys. <laughs> But we have some, uh, you know, it got a little dark towards the end, but now we, you know, as always, we have a wildflower, some good news. You're here with your chaser. Yeah. Which is that Chile has a new fucking constitution. Yeah, yeah. Well, well they, they decided they're going to make a new constitution, right? But it was, uh, it was, so a week ago, the news broke, like, as we were finishing recording last week, but it was that um, overwhelming 78% uh, of people 
um, who voted said that they want a brand new constitution. And this is important because the constitution they've been working with so far is was instituted by a plebiscite by uh, a dying Pinochet in the 80s. So, um, and so now they will get uh, like a democratic institution that um, is uh, uh, that works. Because right now they have this like really fascist, and it's, it's described in the New York Times article as basically as a pretty fascist constitution that for example, like allows their courts to nullify important and uh, very uh, uh, popular laws. And they have uh, these like tiny committees that can overrule like uh, regionally elected uh, representatives that uh, are that bring about like the will of millions of people that represent by a couple thousand, you know, so it's like, well, that's no, you got to get rid of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, all, all of those things get those that, out of there. What are they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. All of these things that sound remarkably like our own fucking constitution, right? You know, like they, they just over, overwhelmingly voted to, uh, to get that the hell out of there. And how did, and how did they do this? Uh, the, it was, it was a, um, it, it was a national referendum, yeah. Right, and how does that referendum get on the ballot? That's a good question. Hold it's, on, it's a strictly uh, nonviolent, peaceful protest, right? <laughs> yeah. Like absolutely dogmatically <laughs> Gandhian, um, you know, totally passive, following the letter of the law uh, protest. Yeah, that's that's all that happened. No, so um, after last year's, and this is from the New York Times. Um, after last year's immense protests, known as the Estallido or explosion. Uh, rock the country, the pandemic sent demonstrators home for much of 2020. Timid protests returned last month, leading to clashes between demonstrators and the police. In, uh, in one, in October 2nd, a police officer pushed a teenager off a bridge and into the bed of the Mapocho River in Santiago. Teenagers survived, but had s- some serious fractures. The officer was charged with attempted murder and expelled from the force. What? Wow! Wow! Yeah, and that um, seems a little extreme. Well, <laughs> maybe you just need a desk duty for a few weeks. Yeah, right. Uh, but what's um, uh, particularly impressive is that um, there was uh, a huge backlash. Tens of thousands of people flocked to protests um, in uh, the Plaza Italia. I believe that translates to Italian parking lot. No. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, um, to commemorate the anniversary of the uprising, and it, it was um, until like they it's to a few groups like set fire to like the police churches so like the police like like here in the united states you know like the police are segregated into like a small elite group of people that think that they're always under attack and this time they actually were and they burned down their churches cool um yeah and so like that is um and that is wh- how they're getting this constitutional uh um referendum is they took it to the streets and uh said stuff like Chile's constitution is neoliberal in nature and its basic role is to guarantee conditions for the free market, even in traditional social areas such as education, health, and social security. As a law professor uh, um, in in Chile. Uh, And they need a new constitution that guarantees social rights more than market conditions. And that's what they're going to fucking make. that. So, it it can happen. Well, best of luck to all the Chileans listening to this. Um, You know, like, and mad props to everybody who helped bring this about you know like hopefully we can follow in your footsteps yeah we need a new constitution How, we, ours is so old the, the it's united the states oldest it one. is the oldest one <laughs> it, it Let's is get the a new oldest one. one well i i i yeah i mean 
Like, it is a Pandora's box, writing a new constitution, right? Um, we do it all the time. Uh, we do I'll, it for other countries all the time. Why don't we do it for ours? <laughs> well, I think I think that uh, a lot of the ones that we do for other countries uh, don't pan out that well. Well, yeah, no, we'll make ours uh, good, obviously. Yeah, so... I, you know, I'm incredibly interested in how this turns out, and also if there are any uh, Chileans. I, I know there are Chilean listeners, uh, some of which have uh, reached out. Um, and please let us know uh, what you think about uh, this, and you know what you think the next steps are going forward. It'd be really great to uh, to hear from from somebody who uh, has a bit more skin in the game, or at least knows more than what we're you know reading in Western press. Yeah, yeah, I, I. I... You know, like, what I read was from the New York Times, and, like, I, I kind of trust it, kind of, but only because, like, it, it's it's doing that thing that the that uh, the New York Times loves to do, where they pretend that they weren't for the right-wing coup, and now they're, hap- they're just happy that democracy works, uh, sort of ignoring their yeah, own positions. Their, Look, that's all we ever wanted. Yeah, was just- <laughs> we just wanted some democracy. <laughs> and if that came from black helicopters uh, showing up in the middle of the night in, on, no, on uh, uh, September 11th, 1972 to assassinate Allende, then, you know, that's how democracy happens. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Man, when, are, when, are we, when is Kissinger going to get his uh, proper, um, you know, what, what do they call it? Poetic justice? Allegedly, no. He's probably Parody. just gonna like shit his pants and die in a comfortable posturpedic bed. <laughs> All right, wildflower. Well, happy uh, times. Yes, happy, happy times. times. Happy yeah. times. We got uh, Chile got a new constitution. Good for them. Yeah, good for Chile. Nationalize those copper mines. Finally, you were doing it, and then you couldn't do it because of the aforementioned black helicopters. But now you can get back on it. It's your time to shine. It's your time to shine. All right, folks, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Ironweeds. Um, we are going to get back to doing Lenin. I, I realize that you haven't had Lenin for a while, and I am sorry about that. That's, you know, that's my fault. That's my failing. Um, but you will get Lenin next week. Fuck yeah. I'm excited. All right. Yay. Um, and in the meantime, why don't you head on over to Twitter and give us a follow at... Ironweeds Pod. Find us on Instagram too. Iron Reads Pod. Shoot us an email if you uh, have some thoughts or some feelings you want to share with us, um, some criticisms. If they're mild, you are welcome to send them. Um, Iron Reads Pod at gmail.com. And Reaction Pod. And also, I make another podcast. Yeah. It's called Reaction. It's good. It yeah. is very good. It's really good. Um, you d- you did three episodes on the Pinkertons? Three episodes on the Pinkertons. Two episodes on the Turner Diaries. Uh, episode two is going to be coming out um, tomorrow. So as you hear this, you yeah. can also head over and um, listen to the Turner Diaries. Yeah, so you want to know what the other side is up to, you know? Like- yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think uh, my goal for making Reaction was that... Uh, I think people don't know very much about the tactics and strategies employed by reactionary forces uh, and particularly like what they say amongst themselves. Um, I don't think that we make a close study of that. And so one of the reasons I picked the Turner Diaries is because like it gives you a very visceral glimpse into like the pornographic delight in um, white supremacist murder. And so, you know, yeah, if you want a palate cleanser, something, you know, something a little light, um, that, that can be some good listening for you if, you, if you're interested. Pornographic desires of the far right wing. Yeah. 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 And uh, follow that no, 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 no. at Reaction Podcast on Twitter. 
And uh, real life, real life magazine. Real life, yes, I do. It's true, folks. I make three podcasts. I do, and they're all fire. They're all very good. So good. Um, (laughs) But yeah, seriously, check them all out, and uh, yeah, hit us up, and uh, you know, enjoy yourself. You know, like enjoy what you can in these in the the, this coming week. Uh, I was going to suggest before we remembered that we hadn't covered the uh, Chilean uh, constitution that our wildflower for this week uh, is that the election's going to be fucking over. Yeah. And yeah. I am so fucking excited. It's going to be great. For this goddamn election. It's going to be great. <laughs> over. Very excited. Uh, so yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. All right. We love you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Peace.